last presentation of the day by Robert Overweg, a Dutch artist um, slash entrepreneur. Um, he has been an artist making <laughs> very interesting pictures, pictures of in electronic game world where the world ends. They were in Centre Pompidou in Paris uh, only a few months ago. Um, he's also been working on virtual reality and I know you all have your cardboard boxes ready. He will tell you a bit more about virtual reality first and then show what he has done. But it's truly interesting. Robert. Yes, thank you very much, Monique. Uh, let's see if the presentation is on already. So my name is Robert Overweg. Um, I started my career as an artist back in 2007 and I currently work at Triple IT. And um, at Triple IT, uh, we have a, a spin-off, a new endeavor we're, um, we're entangling on right now and that is Beyond Sports. And with Beyond Sports, um, we uh, explore what we can do in the virtual world and we create stuff for um, soccer coaches and soccer fans at home. So this is me. Um, you can download the presentation uh, or the application at beyondsports.nl slash next. And maybe you can do that right now and then later on in the presentation we'll try to get it working and I'll try to stream some uh, examples to the crowd and you can view those examples with your cardboard. Uh, now back to uh, the talk. So I believe that digital is taking over. You've heard it all day long. And um, I'll show you a lot of examples of what is happening, and I'll start with showing some of my own work. Um, so I started photographing in computer games um, made by other people, uh, I'd have to say. So this is Left for Dead 2, and I found the end of the virtual world, and I started documenting this as a series. And I found, found it really interesting that you could see that uh, actually the virtual world is flat, and it's not round like our own world. And um, um, the, the places, the cities there, they are like one pixels uh, thick and they look more like these Hollywood cowboy settings than uh, our, our actual worlds. And these, uh, these images have been all around the world. Uh, I've been to South Korea, Seoul, and most recently, like Monique said, uh, they were in Centre Pompidou in Paris. Um, so I believe that everything will be digitized, from pop stars, your thoughts, uh, your writings, your children, everything around you will become digital. And I'll show you what I mean by that. Here are some examples. So Hatsune Miku, Hatsune Miku visited David Letterman. Uh, she is a hologram, she's a digital pop star. And actually, she's an open source tool where you can just type in information and she will sing it for you. And um, this was used to promote uh, certain 3D software, but now it's all the rage. She has millions of fans. And what is interesting is that the crazy Korean and Japanese stuff, of course, that's happening over there, but it is coming to our Western American European world. And you can expect stuff like this. So, all of these guys or girls, they are singing word for word every lyric together with this hologram. Uh, with, uh, with the tool Live2D, you can make your own drawing just with pen and paper or with pencil, and uh, this tool makes it into a 3D model, but you keep the, the aesthetics of the drawing. That's beautiful. 2D illustrations in 3D space. As you can see over there. Live2D are now developing Live2D Euclid, a next-generation system that can animate 2D illustrations 360 degrees in rich, 
So that's pretty cool and makes it quite easy, maybe for us at home in the future as well, to just scan your kid's drawing, blow it up, and then you together can go into the castle, see this weird uh, angel floating in, in the sky, and then we can really make our, our own creativity come to life in the digital world. Um, here's another example of that digital does not necessarily have to be evil or dangerous. Uh, here a colleague of mine, Jordi Brown, he's drawing a giraffe and he makes it come to life through just giving it a heart, giving it a stamp. And then this giraffe, it lives in, in a world with other giraffes and um, it makes friends, it plays around. So this already exists. Um, you also have a, uh, you can also install an app on your iPhone. It's called 123D Catch. Um, you just take a couple of photographs of whatever uh, person or object you want. And this takes 20 photographs and stitches them together for you. And as you can see, people are doing this already all over the world. So we are, as humans, digitizing all of the stuff around us. And not only us humans, but also the people uh, a little bit above us, like Obama, instead of a normal port uh, photography portrait, um, there was taken a 3D model of his face. So no more photography, just a 3D model now. You see the physical and the virtual world really colliding or mixing together in this example. This is a company, Rescape. Um, they put this on Kickstarter. It failed the Kickstarter, but they were acquired by Oculus Rift. And what is that? What this does? So this adds to this environment, it adds virtual elements. So we can play a game here and shoot, and shoot several objects here. And what I find most interesting is this, that your mates walk into the field and that they are these digital avatars. This is also really cool, so imagine that you can open this window or, or this, this wall and that there is a new that there is a new digital world behind this wall, so we can mix the virtual and the digital even more. Um, and what I find interesting about this example is that um, James Cameron only wanted to, wanted to direct and create Avatar when he had the right equipment. This movie cost around $300 million uh, to make. Did I say it correctly? Yeah, $300 million to make. And this tool he had, um, it was this visual you see up here, um, it was like a window to the virtual world. And you, that was back in 2009. And you see it now, it can already function on your own iPhone. So that's pretty crazy how fast these things are going. So I believe that the rest of the world will be digitized uh, by our own phones or, for an example, the driverless car. Uh, Google is working on this project. It, it's actually uh, a separate company right now, still a part of uh, Google, or maybe it's called Alphabet right now. Um, you walk around through your house, your tablet has uh, two cameras on it, and it constantly can 3D scan your environment. So the outside has been digitized through, uh, uh, through Street View and Google Maps, and us people will be starting scanning our own environment and making it digital. This is what the driverless car sees. Maybe you're already familiar with it, but it gathers one gigabyte of data per second. So it constantly scans the entire environment, and you can't tell me that we won't be doing something with this in the future. So when everything has been digitized, 
I believe that we will experience these recordings or simulations through virtual reality. And that will be through companies like this, like the Oculus Rift, Samsung, Sony, or Google. Of course, we all know that the Oculus uh, has been bought by Facebook for $2 billion. Um, the development of, of VR is, uh, keeps on improving. Every 12 to 14 months, the, the graphical quality gets better. Uh, you get less motion sickness. So I, I believe that, um, that the technology is not there yet, but it keeps on improving. And also, Moore's Law was quoted before. It will keep on going. And even um, the Gear VR, you see that uh, on here as well. Uh, first it was 200 or 250 euros, and now you can already buy it for 100 euros. So it becomes cheaper and cheaper. Um, Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg believes that uh, we are sharing photographs right now on our Facebook stream. In two years, everything will be video, and that will autoplay. And if you like it or not, uh, that's the direction it will take. And um, later on, of course, we, we might need more, more immersion. And how can we do that? Well, we could do that with virtual reality or uh, augmented reality. And you saw the first uh, step into that direction with um, this new thing they introduced uh, on Facebook. And that is 360-degree uh, video. And you can just move around uh, with your phone, or you can tap the screen to um, uh, to view in the 360-degree space. And this is a clip by Star Wars. Uh, Vice is doing stuff, and um, in the future, you can also create your own 360-degree videos. And what would be interesting is, uh, this was also a Kickstarter project, if this, these goggles, if these VR headsets, if they become like an uh, 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 iPhone case and uh, glasses as well. So I can be standing here, I can stream this experience to my friends, back in Amsterdam, and they can just fold it over. And when the 4G gets better, you can just send those 360-degree uh, videos over the air, and they can um, be there on stage with me. Uh, I believe kids will prefer visiting places in virtual reality above visiting places in the physical world. Why? Because it's faster, more instant, and you have a better view. Um, you saw some of the, um, the kids uh, earlier on stage on the video, and they also said, well, I want to do the online shopping because it's faster, it's more instant, it's easier, and uh, it's less of a hassle. Uh, so imagine that you're at this Kanye West concert. You can sit front row, and when he sings towards the camera, he's actually singing towards you. And maybe you can even float up the, up the mountain, maybe float into the universe. Maybe that's part of the story as well, so you get a better and uh, cheaper experience. And by the flick of a button, you can be on this field. And you can be amongst these bisons, because in virtual reality, it's like you're really there on that place. Um, a lot of people who, who try this really have this emotional connection with these bisons, feel, uh, really feel uh, that it's quite a beautiful experience. Or take, for an example, uh, a visit to the Colosseum. It can also be um, uh, of historic value or, um, or for schools. So normally, you have to stand in line here. It takes a lot of time, costs you a lot of money to enter. But with VR, you can just uh, float, through, uh, float through the Colosseum. And um, well, actually, you have a better view and makes it all quite easy. Mm. I'm not saying that we will not come together anymore in coliseums or other places like this because we are human, we want to touch each other, we want to be together and maybe even communicate if we're not stuck in our devices. Um, but like uh, Michael was saying, 
Um, this is a league of, uh, this, uh, like Michael was saying, in comparison to the esports, these are people coming together in, uh, I think, Korea, and they are watching a League of Legends fi uh, final. But there are 27 million people watching this same final online. So while we're still getting together, of course, the digital can uh, gain a large attraction. And this is how it looks. So they're, they're watching these kinds of streams at home. And they go really crazy when something happens. And you can see this as, um, as a new digital wave that is coming, or that is maybe already there. There are 53 million people uh, watch streams every month on Twitch. So they watch other people playing games. There are 40 million people uh, playing fancy soccer sports. Um, so that's really a lot of people who are already doing this and are already on this digital wave. And, and with this digital wave, we don't really need this physical aspect anymore because the sports, they are based on a real team, but they're not based on real stats. And these uh, virtual matches, well, you need people playing them, but you do not really need the physical aspect of coming together. So if everything becomes increasingly digitized, how will sports evolve? Because how will we play uh, was, a, was a question of this talk. So luckily with Beyond Sports, we've been working on this for the past two years now, when the, the Oculus Rift first version came. Um, we ordered a prototype, and uh, we immediately saw the potential of what it could be, although it was a bit, um, you still got really nauseous, the pixel quality was not that good, but um, you did see the potential. So what we do, is we transform real soccer matches into virtual reality. So what you see up here, um, actually those are for us, uh, the players walking around on the field, those are for us XY coordinates. And on those XY coordinates, we put a 3D shell, we put an avatar, and this avatar exact, uh, acts exactly the same as the player did on the field. So we transform the data and make it into virtual reality simulation. And you can then view that through the Oculus Rift or Gear VR or Google Cardboard. So this is how it works. We have four cameras on the side of the field. Um, we put it through our engine, and then you can experience it in a VR headset. So this is uh, a familiar site. This is what you uh, know from TV. So you have, um, but we can add defensive lines and we can uh, tell the keeper or the goalie how far the ball is away from him or what kind of formations um, people should play in or are not playing in. But this is the familiar thing and this is based on the real match data. When it becomes uh, really interesting is that I can become one of the audience, I can become any one of you, I can live through your eyes. So I can also live through the eyes of a soccer player, so I can look through the eyes of Messi or Ronaldo or any other player. And um, so in this case, first I'm the attacker and I see this, uh, this attack unfold. And then I can also see it as the midfielder. And um, what, what we see with the, with the athletes is that they use this, use this as a way of discussing and showing each other how they felt about a certain situation. So, um, you can really do a lot on the, uh, on the empathy uh, department and uh, people can start to relate better to each other. Uh, what you also saw 
is that you could become the goalkeeper. So you could become um, your enemy, your opponent. So you could get some sort of competitive advantage by actually um, knowing more than the opponent. For an example, the goalie, he can train all the possible penalties he, he could get shot at by, let's say, Messi. And he would know that Messi always shoots 80% of the, of the balls to the top right, and he could experience how fast it is. Uh, talking about fast, you could also experience uh, how it is to run against Ronaldo, for an example. We made that uh, prototype, and we put a normal human speed against the speed of Ronaldo, and we saw this guy running away, it was crazy fast, and we thought, whoa, there must be something wrong with the data. But this guy is so, so fast, and if you can experience that before actually being with him on the field, then you can adjust your uh, playing tactics to that. Uh, we also believe that we can make athletes better. And we do that through custom scenarios. And those scenarios, those are based on the philosophy of the soccer clubs. So the coaches, they have their own uh, way of thinking about how the game should be played. And we devise these custom scenarios specially catered to that. So for an example with Ajax, you need to, um, as a player, you need to find the third man situation within half a second. So we devised a system especially for that. We, gave a, uh, we give the players an Xbox One controller, put on the virtual reality headset, and then we put them in this world. Um, so you're here on the field and it says, uh, you will be presented with a small fragment. At the end of the fragment, you have to choose to whom you pass the ball to. And that goes something like this. So you have this headset on and then um, the, the match commences and at one point, we pass the match, and what is the goal of this is that you constantly look around, and even before we ask you to pass the ball, you should know whom you should pass the ball to. That's the, that's the goal of this exercise. And the beautiful thing is, is that we can give you uh, 20, um, 20 decision-making moments in three minutes, and it's really difficult to set stuff like this up on the field because you need all of these players and they all need to act accordingly and other people need, need to play the opponent. But with this, it's really easy to train. Uh, also, what is interesting is um, if a player, for an example, doesn't disagree with the action uh, the coach says he should take, he can just add, it, add this to his watch list the coach will get a push message of, um, of the player having a question about this or maybe disagreeing about this, and then both of them can start a discussion about what was happening and, and how they feel about the situation. Uh, one of the problems with virtual reality is that when I have this device on, I keep pointing at stuff and uh, other people don't know what I'm pointing at. Uh, they don't, they don't even, they most of the time don't even know what I'm looking at. So what we devised, we devised a tablet, and the tablet we call the Hand of God tool. The Hand of God tool can see on the, on, uh, on the visuals where the, the person in VR is looking at. Um, um, the coach most often uses this, and he can even draw on the field. So he can make a drawing on the field, and the person in virtual reality will see the drawing on that location in VR. Um, since we um, first got the Oculus Rift, we really felt it was uh, immersive, and we also felt it might have a big impact on your brain and uh, maybe even on your body. So we did not want to run headfirst in this new technology without knowing what it could do for your mind or what it could do for your body. Uh, so we partnered uh, on a research together with the University of Utrecht, 
And these are some of our research findings that we would like to share with you. So one of the things was that due to the movement we let you experience in VR, um, it improves the spatial updating part of the brain. So your brain really thinks it is on that location and it really feels like it is moving. Um, and this is really good for your situational awareness. So you, knew, you know what is going on around you. And this does not happen on a 2D video, so not on a normal flat screen. Another interesting thing was, is that we can adjust memories. Um, yeah, we can adjust existing memories of stuff that, that, that uh, just happened. So we had a soccer player kick a ball 10, 10 times towards a goalpost, and then we gave him 10 replays of that in virtual reality, and we adjusted those replays. And no matter what we, what we adjusted, how accurate or less accurate we made it, um, um, they believed almost everything. So we also found it a bit scary that, um, that it was that we were able to do this, and we don't want to do this, and we don't want to reprogram people, but we believe that there is a possibility that you might be able to do this, and it might even be possible to create false memories, but that is a completely different talk. Um, but we do want to use this um, in a good manner, and um, we are looking into uh, curing, or maybe making it less of a, of a strain or a pain for people with anxieties or other um, other traumas. So we could possibly cure people through virtual reality and um, sort of override that part of the brain so they um, are not afraid of that car crash anymore or something else that happened. And if we can do that, then we can really give something back to the world and we can make beautiful stuff. Okay, so I've got a couple of more minutes. And um, if you look at this fragment from Schöne, he will shoot the ball into, oh, I won't tell. Wait. So we're going to try and get this fragment to you guys. So if you could take your phone and uh, the ones who were able to install the application. So this only works, yes, so my Wi-Fi is working. So if I touch nothing, hopefully it will, uh, it will keep working. And if you could all start the Beyond Sports app for the ones who've downloaded it, then I can show you fragments through virtual reality. Maybe first we could start with a top view from the top of the field. So is any of you seeing, um, seeing the field and the match playing beneath it? Good. Sorry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I iOS 9 updated, and they have um, uh, better security measures right now. Um, it's a bit difficult to get past that. You need to go into settings, and it is possible, but for this talk, it was a bit um, too much. So maybe we can let you experience the goal from, uh, from the keeper's perspective. So at least for me, it's working. Uh, I hope for you as well. 
So um, if you put this in the cardboard, now you're the keeper, and if you look towards the guy who's going to kick the, the free kick, then I will play the fragment for you. So he shoots his ball really fast and really hard and, uh, next to your head, and um, yeah, it goes so fast that most people even miss this. Here's another uh, fragment by uh, Gerard. So I'm moving you guys around on the field. I hope you're comfortable with this. So you, you should have also seen this fragment. Here's the art. drop in there beside Henderson. A little triangle, Lucas sitting just in front, Henderson and, and Gerard. And if you want to see that fragment later on again when I'm not there anymore controlling the server, you can also download a different demo uh, called on beyondsports.nl slash next demo, and that works without me and without Wi-Fi and without those hassles. And there's also on that download, download link a description uh, how to get it working on iOS 9. And if you experience these things, then you might also uh, think of how this, how this would work in the future. I think in the future, we will start with just showing more 3D simulations on your screen, on your TV screen, and that later on in the future, we will have these headset, uh, headsets at home and that we will uh, also experience the soccer match through virtual reality. Um, so we believe that the future of soccer will be something like this. So it will be a mixture of the real and the physical world, and of course both will, will still keep coexisting. Um, so that's it, you can um, see most of the talk, uh, the beginning of the talk on digital.robertoverweg.com. I've open sourced all of the stuff with uh, source uh, references as well, so you can look at it yourself. Uh, you can download a different demo on beyondsports.nl slash next demo, and uh, that's it for me. Thank you so Thank much. You.